Icon Church Leadership Podcast. My name is Alona. I'm the Operations Director at Icon, and I'm here with Justin Anderson, our lead pastor. And we are in the midst of season three, talking about a strategy for re-entry. And again, we are doing this podcast because we believe that when we invest in leaders, the church thrives. Uh, so the context for this season is that we are in the middle of summer 2020. Uh, and uh, I'd like to say we're in the middle of the COVID pandemic, but are we? Are we at the beginning? Are we at the end? Who Let's knows? not talk about that. Nobody <laughs> knows. All we know is that every day things are changing mm-hmm. and we are looking forward to the fall uh, and a fall that's going to be different than any other fall, regardless of what happens with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are walking back into a season of real change. So every single fall, uh, churches, businesses, individuals um, kind of uh, have this rebirth of purpose and vision and, and there's growth and there's just different seasons we walk into. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do with this season um, is prepare you in, in the midst of the crazy of COVID and all of that, prepare you to walk back into uh, whatever this next season holds for us in the fall. Yeah, absolutely. And so this season is framed all around two big questions, the idea of are we healthy and are we ready? And so the first two episodes, we looked at that individually. Uh, And then today and in our next episode, we're going to be looking at that with our teams, with our people. And so today, very specifically, we're asking the question, are my people, are my teams healthy? Yeah. And this is a critical question that leaders should always be asking themselves and uh, thinking about for their teams. Is my team healthy enough to be able to engage whatever the next thing is uh, that we need to do? And I I think that there is no resource more valuable to answer this question than Patrick Lencioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team. So um, in our notes, Alona mentioned that we were going to borrow from that book. The reality (laughs) is that we are going to steal unapologetically from that book and the framework. I mean, we're giving credit. We are. Yes, we are (laughs) crediting the person we're stealing from. Uh, That book, uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, is super valuable. If you've Mm -hmm. never read it, you really should. It's one of the books that I read on a basically annual basis. Every time I add a new team member or things seem a little squirrely on the team, uh, I go back to that book. It's a a, a fable. So those of you who aren't readers, it's a story. It'll be great. (laughs) Uh, But it, it, uh, it really, really is powerful. So Five dysfunctions, we're going to walk through them one by one, and he has it in kind of a pyramid style. So the basic, like base levels, first one we will deal with, and then it kind of goes up from there, and they they build on each other. So Mm -hmm. what is the first dysfunction, Alona? Yeah, so he starts, again, base of the pyramid, the biggest dysfunction, is the idea of an absence of trust. Uh, and how that absence of trust on a team can lead to an invulnerability and people not really sharing and being open and honest with one another. Yep. And the the best symptom or worst symptom of this, most obvious symptom of a lack of trust is that people are unwilling to ask for help, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's that idea of invulnerability. That, right. There requires a great deal of uh, vulnerability and humility to be able to ask another team member for help if, say, you can't reach the window and need to close it, but you just can't. <laughs> this ask has never happened before. The tallest person <laughs> in the office. To I was close on a chair. Window. I thought I could do it. Okay. She almost died. <laughs> I saved her. It's fine. The point is um, that that comes from a lack of trust. I hope that's not true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. Uh, when when there's a lack of trust in your team, uh, amongst team members, they are uh, more likely to silo themselves, 
yeah. try to do their work individually mm -hmm. without uh, teamwork, without reaching across to, you know, from the technical department to HR, or whatever the case may be in your world, um, to try to just get their stuff done. So there's a, there's a siloing effect that comes out of that. What's another example uh, of another kind of leadership capacity? Yeah, so I, I would encourage, again, our icon leaders who are listening to this to think about the context in which you are dealing with teams of people. And so think about a community group. When there's uh, a lack of trust, people aren't willing to share. So you might notice that um, week to week when somebody is maybe being called on or you kind of open the floor for people to share, you might get one, two, three people consistently. Uh, and the other folks maybe don't feel as comfortable or when they do share, they give really short reactions or responses to those questions. And that's kind of just a baseline way to gauge, do people feel comfortable? Is there a sense of trust uh, in that space? Yeah, uh, if you're a church leader, uh, a great way to, to identify if this is an issue on your teams is um, something as simple as prayer requests, right? When, when you do prayer requests on your team, um, are the requests always about somebody else, mm -hmm. right? Grandma's sick. Aunt Lucy's got a dental thing, whatever, right? Like it's never an honest uh, need of theirs, their heart, their life, something broken, something hard. Right. Um, that there's like this, this deferring to other people in other situations. That to me is an indication that there's a lack of trust. Mm -hmm. and so then that builds as we think about the next tier in the pyramid um, can lead to a, a fear of conflict. And so this idea of people are not willing to have disagreements, engage in hard conversations, and it leads to this idea of an artificial harmony where people on the surface look like they're getting along, but it's just because they're not willing, or again, there's not trust, to be able to have those hard conversations and be able to disagree on the team. Yeah, and I, I've seen this uh, go in both directions, right? So the, the most obvious is this, this artificial harmony of uh, somebody you know, pushes back on something mm -hmm. and, the, and the other person just folds immediately, right? Um, or a leader especially will present an idea, maybe half the room thinks that's a bad idea. It's never happened to me. I, I can imagine it happening. Uh, <laughs> but maybe half the people in the room think it's a bad idea, but nobody says anything because mm -hmm. there's not enough trust to be the person that raises their hand and go, I don't think it's a great idea actually because of fear of consequences or fear sure. of whatever. Yeah. Now, the other way that this can play out is, um, is a, a, an inability or unwillingness to have healthy conflict, mm -hmm. right? So you get kind of yes man, yes man, yes man, and then heck no man, right? Like, yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, depending on the context, those words might be different. Yeah, everybody's language is different. But, um, but it's, you know, you, there's no healthy conflict, which is just to simply say, hey, I'm not sure I, I'm on board with that or help yeah. me understand or mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think that's the right way to go. It either is, you know, people laying down and just going with the flow or unhealthy, abrasive, yeah. uh, uh, defensive kind of conflict. Because good, healthy conflict requires, again, vulnerability yeah. and trust to be able mm -hmm. to go, I'm with you, just not sure I, I love that idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so think about that again in the context of if you're leading an organization, a business, et cetera, uh, but thinking about it in terms of, again, community groups, church leaders, when you're just working with teams of people, noticing whether or not people are willing to engage in some of those harder conversations. Yeah. One thing that you've got in the notes but didn't say is that there's outsized <laughs> emotional response. And that is, I think, a, a cue to a leader that there's fear 
in, in the midst because they uh, are fearful of doing something wrong. They're fearful of saying something wrong. They're fearful mm -hmm. of the direction that the leader is leading him in. But instead of being able to respond in emotionally healthy ways, because there's a lack of trust, there's a fear. And so it just kind of wells up in an explosion of disagreement. Yeah, for sure. Which then can build again next year. The pyramid is going to be this idea of a lack of commitment. People uh, have an ambiguity of what is actually really going on. What is our purpose? What's our direction? And so they can't commit to that space or choose not to commit to that space uh, because again, no trust. There's that fear of conflict. You don't really have strong, robust relationships there. Uh, and so people aren't committed to that space. Uh, and so again, think about like from the, the lens of a community group leader, are people willing to show up? Are they, are they consistent week to week? Are they committed to do the things that you said your group wanted to be about? And if you're not seeing that, that's one of your cues. Like maybe this is a dysfunction for us that we should work through. Yeah, the lack of commitment one is, is maybe the, the step in the process that is, was the hardest for me to understand like how it logically flowed. But it, when I got it, it, it made sense to me because of this. Good, healthy conflict that comes in the context of trust um, has a clarifying effect mm -hmm. on the mission, has a clarifying effect on the idea, right? Mm -hmm. So one part of this, the lack of commitment comes from, I don't know exactly what this is because we didn't have a robust dialogue to really hone an idea down to its essential piece. Right. There's kind of this vague sense of like, oh, what about this idea? Or what about this direction? Or what about this new product? Or this mm -hmm. new whatever? But because we didn't dialogue about it, shave off the rough edges, it's kind of a blob of an yeah. idea, mm -hmm. which is impossible to really fully commit to, mm -hmm. right? So that's one part of it. The other part of it is, if you're sitting in a meeting and the boss is delivering an idea and you don't fully agree with it, yep. but you don't have the trust and the, and mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, the relationship uh, to be able to engage in yeah. the healthy conflict, you walk away going like, I guess that's what we're supposed to do, but I don't think it's right which is not going to lead you down a path of full commitment. It's right. not going to lead to good outcomes and good high-level excellence and execution. So that's where that conflict is so important to be done in a healthy way, hones the idea to something everybody can commit to that everybody in the room thinks is a, at least a good enough idea to where they can go and execute on it. And that, I think, is the importance of the conflict side of it, that you're willing to have that hard conversation and, again, healthy conflict so that even at the end of the day, if maybe it wasn't your idea or it wasn't the thing that you most wanted, you have the, the relationships in place so that you can commit to it even if it wasn't yours. And you can walk away without the bitterness or the resentment that what I'm committing to isn't actually what I wanted because you have that, that social capital in the space to be able to continue to work through that. Yep. So... That then leads to this idea of avoidance of accountability. So when you're not committed to the thing because there's no healthy conflict, because there's no trust, um, you don't want to be accountable to whatever that goal is. Um, and so there's no real standards for what you actually ex are expecting from the folks on your team. Yeah. So there's like a thought process that happens mostly subconsciously, I think, for people where they go, this is a bad idea, but I guess I have to do it. I'll kind of do it. It, it doesn't go well as a result of that. And they go, well, it was their fault, mm -hmm. right? And so that's just a loop that, that goes nowhere. So you see a lot of blame shifting that happens as a result of this. Um, the, the, you start to see um, some of that, some of the foundation of that uh, laid really early where mm -hmm. right out of the meeting, you've got these side conversations, people going like, I don't know, this is not a great idea. I don't know if he knows what he's doing. I don't right. know if she knows what she's doing. And that just sets up for later to be able to go, oh, the outcomes weren't good. It didn't execute at a high level. Well, it's because the idea was bad. 
right? Mm -hmm. So with that lack of commitment comes the lack of follow through. You're never going to actually see it like happen the way it should happen. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want to take any, any responsibility for it. There's no accountability and you just shift blame to whoever you can. Yeah, and that again, on the low standard, the idea becomes, well, it's good enough. Like I'm sure. not super committed to what we're doing. So like technically I did my job, I did what I was asked to do. And so there's not a, a drive for excellence or there isn't a pursuit of being your very best. It's just that idea of like, well, I did what I was required to do and that's good enough, I checked the box. Yeah. Uh, and nobody's really committed to seeing that through. Yeah, one of like a really specific example of how this plays out in community groups and in church is, um, uh, I, I see this a lot with uh, like a common good or which is what we call it at Icon or social action kind of um, initiatives. Those are really hard conversations to have around a community group to find something that everybody's on board with and everybody's committed to and there's really clear actionable steps. Mm -hmm. um, and so what often happens is one person or the leader has some commitment or some interest in one idea. Nobody really wants to push back, maybe because they don't have a better idea or because they just feel awkward and there's not the trust to push back. And so they go, okay, we're gonna go do this thing. We're gonna feed the homeless, we're gonna do whatever. And then in the end, nobody shows up. Mm -hmm. And then we go, well guys, you wanted to do this social action thing, but you didn't go through the process of having the hard conversation to hone the idea, yeah. get everybody committed so nobody shows up. And then they go, well, you know, I was never really on board. It's not, it's not really my passion, right? It's like, okay, we should have we dealt with that at step one, mm -hmm. right? Um, and when that doesn't happen, it leads to, to ultimately bad outcomes. Yeah, which is that last piece of the pyramid, the idea of um, all of these dysfunctions compiled to get to the end where there's an inattention to results. It's all, it becomes all about individual status and ego, not about the, the goal of the team, the hope of the team, and what we want that group to accomplish. Um, and so there, there isn't an opportunity to be able to assess, like, we've actually done what we've wanted because people aren't willing to focus on that measurable outcome. Yeah. Well, it, and it makes sense, right? So if you, uh, if you don't have trust, you're not going to get good conflict, which means you're not going to make a good decision, which means you're not going to get commitment to a bad decision, um, which then you, you see blame shifting and lack of an interest in focusing on results because you know the results aren't going to be good. Right. So what you see is a, a focus on inputs, not outputs. And mm -hmm. what, so what you'll hear from your team members a lot of times is, well, I worked X amount of hours. I did X amount of things. This is what, these are my inputs. And that those inputs are meant to legitimize their position in the thing. They don't want to look at outputs because outputs aren't good. The, mm -hmm. the results aren't good. So they want to focus on how hard they worked or the sacrifices they made, even though their hard work and sacrifice resulted in a bad outcome. Yeah. Okay? But we don't want to talk about that. Okay. So you can see how like it flows together in that mm -hmm. way and then leads to ultimately some major dysfunction on your team. Yeah, and even to think about it relationally in a group, like that turns into, well, at least I show up, at least I'm present. Like, yep. And again, kind of some of that blame shifting of like, well, they're not doing this, but at least I am. And so it, it again, comes back to that like individual focus instead of team focus, which again, just leads to a dysfunction for your team. Yeah, and you, you want to focus on what you can control, mm -hmm. right? And you can control inputs, you can control how often you show up, you, you can control and point to the, you know, like in hard data, well, I'm here every week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you may not be engaging at a high level, sure. you know, if we're talking about a community group, <laughs> yeah. like just showing up is like, yeah, my couch shows up every week, but that doesn't participate <laughs> at a super high level yeah. or contribute, right? Um, but contribution is so much more subjective yeah. um, that it's hard to kind of pin down, right? Uh, vulnerability is really subjective and hard to pin down. So we're going to want to focus on inputs, not outputs. Now, let's zoom out for a second, right? Because 
all of this is, is about how we're re-entering and, and how we're, we're going to move into uh, the fall and, and what we have in front of us, right? Mm -hmm. So if you remember in episodes one and two, we were talking about have an idea of what you're aiming at so that you can assess health relative to the task at hand. We're going to talk about that more in our future episodes. But, you know, it, this is a really helpful process for you to be able to take a look at your team mm -hmm. and just assess, like, do we even have the trust, that base level thing, do we even have trust to be able to tackle anything? any obstacles, any challenges that come up as we re-enter in the fall. Because um, if, that, if that baseline trust isn't there, you, you just will never accomplish your goals. You will never execute at a high level. And I don't care if you're talking about an icon group, a community group, your family, your business, you're a church leader leading your church. If there is not that baseline trust, mm -hmm. you just have no shot. Absolutely. And again, the idea that uh, without all of that focus on a particular thing, we talked about this season is going to require energy, require creativity, require risk taking, and without a healthy team, that's not going to be possible. Yep. So, what do I do if I have un unhealth? Go get the book. <laughs> Go read Patrick's Little Fable. It's fantastic. Uh, it's Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. Uh, it's just fantastic. Mm -hmm. Read the book. That's a quick read. Uh, and, and start at the bottom and start to assess uh, your, your team's trust. And yeah. I think they give us tools, do they, they not? They do. The back of the book actually is after the fable ends. There's a lot of resources in there, an opportunity to do an assessment of your team, really practical tools and activities that you could do as a team, kind of team building and assessment of how are we doing in these various areas. I would encourage you, you as the leader, your group as a whole, to do the assessment and to talk through where do we notice the dysfunctions and what are we going to do about it. Did you take the assessment? I did. How do we do? <laughs> Answer that later. All right. Uh, the biggest thing as a leader is take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Take responsibility for your team. Own your team at the front end because you're going to have to own the outputs. Yeah. You're going to have to own the execution. So own this as your responsibility to make sure your team is healthy. It's, the, it's your team's only chance or your group's only chance to see a, a really healthy and, and helpful re-entry in the fall is if you take responsibility for it and you can do it. Absolutely. So go to iconchurch.org, get the show notes. Again, we'll link to Lynchioni's book and all of that stuff so that you can really do this assessment well. Uh, and then wherever you're getting this content, rate it, subscribe to it, share it, and help other leaders really help their teams get healthy as we prepare to re-enter. We'll see you next time.